They said humanity is at a time of reckoning and a reckoning is a facing of oneself and all of one's creations. And everything that's been created in fear is going to need to be reclaimed or reseen in a higher way. And that seems to be what we're going through now. And some of it's the, the hard part about looking at how we're participatory to the very things we say we don't want to see. Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. Our guest today is Paul Selig. He channels profound insights from the guides. Paul Selig is one of the most foremost spiritual channelers working today. His latest book from the guides is The Book of Innocence, a channeled textbook, two of the Manifestation Trilogy. Paul Selig, I'm so honoured and excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. A big congratulations on your latest book, The Book of Innocence. Mm -hmm. It's Thank fantastic. Um, for those of the audience that have, don't know anything about you, who are the guides that you channel and write these incredible texts? Well, I mean, they, they're teachers, you know. They, they call themselves the true self. The name they generally come through with is Melchizedek, and I've heard that for a very long time. Um, they're only called the guides because my ex years ago, when he found out that I could do this, used to say, ask the guides this, ask the guides that. And that's how they, they got the name, which I don't think that they mind. But in the books, they've said, if you wish to call us something, you may call us Melchizedek. And, and, and that's the name I, I, I support when people ask that. In, the, in, in your books, they, well, we'll call them the guides. Mm -hmm. um, they speak about the kingdom. What is the kingdom? They say that the kingdom is the awareness of the inherent divine in all things. So it's a level of realization where the divine within you in an activated or realized state is experiencing the inherent divine that's in all else. They say really nothing can be outside of the divine except that which we put there. And even then, that's only our perception. At a fundamental level, <clears throat> the divinity is inherent in all manifestation, because everything is an expression of one source. Life can be incredibly challenging at times. And I know the guides offer, well, in the con on, in the concepts of time, they <clears throat> offer incredible insights for humanity. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the insights that they share? I mean, there are a few things that they speak to often that I do my best to live by. Um, they say that the action of fear is to claim more fear and that every choice one makes in fear gets us more of the same. So they say, don't take actions based in fear. Who you damn or what you damn damns you back, which is really a teaching of co-residence, not a teaching of approval or sanctioning poor behavior, but it's a realization that who you put in darkness, they say, calls you to that darkness. There can be no other way. And so the light, you know, um, you know, the, the light doesn't discriminate on who or what it shines upon. That's not the action of source is not to be a hypocrite. So those are some things, but there's a lot of information. There's now Book of Innocence is the 11th book that they've dictated through me. They've since finished another which is the last book in this large series of 12 books. We'll see what's next. I hear there's more to come, but I don't know what it is yet. Um, so it depends on, I guess, the context of the question. You know, when I work as a psychic, I'm tuning into people 
and hearing often from them what they require and what's really going on. The guides, I think, are less interested in our, our, our attachment to outcome and how we think things should be and who we think we're supposed to be. I think they're trying to teach us something beyond that. So much of what they teach is actually, I think, in support of, a, of aligning to a higher awareness beyond the personality self, for example. Um, they say, you know, self, the self-righteousness is all self-righteous anger, self-righteousness is always the, the small self or the personality structure seeking to enforce itself. So when I keep some of these things in mind, I have an easier time. And I guess it also relates to fear. I mean, if we, life is based in two columns, really fear or love. Mm-hmm. How do we, how, what's their advice on how to move through fear, whatever the circumstance or situation may be. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I would have to go to them for this, I think, and I don't know that I can channel this early in the morning for me. But how do you get through fear? I mean, I understand at a certain level that my attachment to outcome is born in a legacy of history or what I think should be based on prior constructs. One should be frightened of this and one should be terrified of that. And as we adhere to those things, we end up claiming those experiences. I do think not enacting fear is something that helps enormously. You know, for example, they say there's never been a lie told that wasn't told in fear, which is a really simple instruction in telling the truth, which is basically a requirement for, for I think, anybody who's on, on a path or spiritual seeker. Um, Let me just see what they say about how to, you know, get through fear. When I channel, I whisper and repeat. We'll see if I can get anything we would like to say. One thing we would like to say, one thing, it is your attachment to outcome. outcome. It shouldn't be what I see. It shouldn't be what I see. When you you accept what what you see before you can move through it, you can move through it without the attachment to outcome, without the attachment to outcome. When you understand the choice you make, when you understand that the choices you make are actually bound by logic, are actually bound by logic and much of what you choose from, and much of what you choose from holds a legacy of fear, holds a legacy of fear, you will see the much we're in front of it, you will see that much of what you are frightened of has no real bearing, has no real bearing, the emotional self, the emotional self that is often in reaction, that is often in reaction, is actually bound, is actually bound by ideas of what should be, by ideas of what should be, or what could be, or what could be, or the horrible thing might happen, or the horrible thing that might happen, you're always expect, you are always getting what you expect in one way or another, in one way or another, you are co-creators at that level, you are co-creators at that level to realize that what you see, to realize that what you see holds an idea, holds an idea of what it is, of what it is, born in past precept, born in past precept, past understanding, past understanding will show you that we stand, will show you that where you stand in the present moment, and the present moment need not invoke the old, need not invoke the old, but you may step into a new world, but you may step into a new world with a new awareness, with a new awareness of the source of all things, that the source of all things must even be present, must even be present when you experience fear, and what you experience is fear. That's them. Well, thank you to them or to the guides or whatever you would like to call them. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. Talking about suffering and fear and suffering, mm-hmm. we suffer so much in our humanity. What do the guides say about suffering? I don't know. I mean, again, you'd have to ask them. You know, I retain okay. maybe a third of what's in a book because I'm when I'm channeling, I'm just taking dictation. Like whatever they just said, 
a moment ago, I might remember a third of it, and I probably wouldn't unless you reminded me. Okay. It's like on the faucet or the radio where the broadcast goes forward. I think, what do I think they say about suffering? Much of it's our own attachment to what we think should be. You know, when I, they often say around relationships and people are having a hard time in their relationships, they'll often say you have to forgive the other person for not being who you want them to be or wanted them to be. So the philandering partner is being who the philandering partner is. You don't have to agree with that choice, but you can forgive him or her for not being the person who's going to remain faithful. And then you can make another choice mm. if you wish. But I think a lot of what we're doing, according to them, is operating off of a menu of what we believe is supposed to be depend upon, you know, where we were born and the circumstances and how we were parented and where we went to school. And all of these things create expectations that we seek to to support. You know, we seek to reclaim again and again and again. They say that the personality self only knows itself through historical data, whereas the divine self or the monad or the God within knows itself in the ever present now. So much of what they're doing with us really, I don't think falls under the heading of self-help. How do I feel better in this situation, which is self-help? And there are ways that we can self-soothe. I've done everything one can do to probably self-soothe and found out that most of it doesn't work entirely very well. It doesn't really get to the, get to the real issue behind the suffering or the pain. But um, the part of us that does not operate in fear and is not in pain and doesn't believe itself or think of itself as damaged or, you know, not good enough or all of those things. All of those are structures of personality. And they say that the God within or the monad, which is the divine expressing as and through, seeks to reclaim us at a level of comprehension. And comprehension generally means co-resonance where our alignment is with a higher level of reality where we're not where we're not reinforcing the old ideas so you know it's not that there isn't pain as part of life i think the idea that there's not supposed to be or that we're not supposed to have difficult times and grow through them um is part of the problem you know and and, and one of the apt criticisms of, of new age spirituality it's supposed to feel good all the time don't look at the news don't feel bad don't do this and we can do that, but the guides say, well, if you don't, if you don't pay attention, where do you know how to send the light? Mm. You know, if you're going to ignore the person on the street with their hands out, you know, who are not being fed, how are you truly in service to the world? You know, this idea that it's all supposed to be comfortable all the time, I think is a, is a misnomer. You know, I went through puberty. It stank. It stinks for most of us. They say it stinks. It's a horrible, awful time. Your body's changing. Your voice is changing. Your, you know, your your identity of who you're supposed to be is changing, and it's it's really uncomfortable. And I think when one comes into one's awareness, one is aware that these things that are painful, the end of a marriage, the death of a friend or a parent or a child. You know, these things are heartbreaking at times, but they're also opportunities for our learning and our growth. And I think if everything can be reframed that way, we can have a different experience going through them. That was just a, a perfect way of explaining that. Perfect. I mean, in our humanness, we're all going to experience conflict and contrast and sorrow mm -hmm. and death. 
and grief. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. And we're not happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess that's what we're looking for, but many of us look externally to find happiness. Yeah. And that's know, hard. I, well, but that's, some of it's hard, but it goes back to this idea of expectation and who we think we're supposed to be. You know, the divine self or the God within you isn't comparing yourself to anybody else. Why would it? It knows who it is. And it also knows who everybody else is at that same level of, of vibration or realization. You know, the gods have often said, you know, God sees God in all of its creations. And as you align to that part of you that knows who she is and knows means realizes, you begin to realize who others are as well beyond the prescription for what should be. And it's the what should be, I think, that gets in the way. When I was a young man, I had a list of things that I thought I needed to achieve in the world that would make me okay. At 25, it was a very fancy list. And I got the whole list, I really did. And my life was not okay. And that's when I began to change. And God knows that was awful to begin to change. You know, I didn't want it to come the way that it did. My, my growth was anything but elegant and polite. It was hard. And I think that's true for some people. I don't think it has to be hard, but it was. But, you know, I learned that I had to let go of some of that stuff because it was going to kill me if I didn't. That's all. And, and what's your advice or the guide's advice for one to connect more with the divine self? Or Ask, ask, ask. I really do feel that we have free will. You know, I am, I'm not living in a state of constant union and awareness. I would love to be, you know, I'm fallible. I get cranky. I, you know, wish for things that don't happen. I'm terribly human in my, my experience here, but I'm not suffering as I used to. And I will say that, and I'm not attached to that anymore as a way of having to mandate all my learning through, through difficulty. Well, I hear that we chose I don't know if we intended it, but I hear we chose to learn through separation. And now we're having to return to a level of of realization that that's not the highest way we can go. And some of that, as they've explained it, if I can remember it correctly, is this idea in lack and that the source of all things, which you can call God or whatever, is not going to support us. So we have to, you know, wall off our garden so that the neighbors don't come and steal the lettuce, you know, and if they're going to start doing that, we have to build a bigger wall and then we have to arm the wall, you know, and, you know, shoot people when they try to climb over it. And that's all based in the belief that we're separate from source and then consequently separate from one another. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, we're not, but we've been very much indoctrinated into a belief that we are, and we have ample evidence to prove why there can be nothing like source or why we're separate and why we should fight for what we have and not let anybody into the garden. You know, we can do that all we want to. And it seems that we are doing that. But that finally, you know, everything can be learned through, including this. You know, the idea that we have free will, you said, how do people open up? That was the question I forgot. Or oh, connect ask, with, connect ask, with yeah, connect, ask, ask. For me, I, I was raised pretty much an atheist. And it wasn't until I got to a place in my life where there was nothing to do but pray 
that I began to pray. And when I did, I actually got an answer, which was changed everything for me, you know, and continues to. And not that I do any of it perfectly, but I do think that the universe re requires our permission in some ways. And I, by that, I mean, like, you know, when people say, you know, my guides tell me that I have to move to Minnesota, I go, well, that's great, but I don't, my guides don't tell me that I have to do anything. They do counsel me, but they do wait to be asked. And if I say, is this a good time to say this or do this? I may well hear not wise. And I've learned to take that counsel. Not wise means, yeah, I can do it if I want to. I have free will, but I may regret it later. You know, and I can learn through that action. God knows I have many times when it hasn't been what I wanted to hear. But the invitation, I think, is, is, is all that's really required. I'm willing to know source or I'm willing to be known. My God say people are so desirous of knowing God or whatever God is that they forget that they already are. And so they, they go on a path of seeking something outside themselves. And one of the claims or attunements that they offer is, I am known, I am known, I am known. And they say that that's invoked by the aspect of self that is the divine self that already knows this is true, not the personality self who's struggling and confused, and often with good reason. Thanks, Paul. Uh -huh. What? I mean, you've talked about this before. What What do the guides say about what, or we, from your information, why are we... Why are we experiencing this human incarnation? What is the purpose? I think it's an opportunity to learn. I think um, I think that we can choose in many ways how we learn. I think we have some say in that, and I mean that individually and collectively. Um, but I do. I I'm of the belief that this is school, and that the soul's evolution is part of what we're here in an incarnation for. But the guides are teaching doesn't always feel like it's about, okay, well, I'm going to learn through this in this time and I'll learn through that next month. And they're, they're speaking about a level of realization where the God within begins to enter a process of reclamation with the aspects of us that are held in shadow or deny the light, which is an uncomfortable process. But, you know, that's, I, people like to bandy around the word ascension, which the guides don't use often, and because I think partially because it's become loaded with um, sort of, you know, pop culture meaning. It means different things. And what the guides say ascension is, is really aligning to that aspect of us that is the God within and allowing that aspect of us to be expressed as who we are inclusive of form and inclusive of our awareness of reality. It's not about wearing a crystal and, you know, saying namaste. It's about knowing the divine and what you experience. And that's who we really are. So their teaching about what we're here for finally is to reclaim ourselves or be reclaimed at that level of essence. And everything else is part of how we've come to learn. And even that, I suppose, is how we've come part of how we've come to learn or what we're what we're choosing to go through. The guides do say that humanity is undergoing this at a much larger level right now, that the species itself is aligning to a higher potential. And so part of the, the chaos that we seem to see around us now is part of that process of what's been swept under the rug being revealed. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to look at it. We put it under the rug for a reason. 
you know, right. but you can't heal anything until it's seen. You can't bring the light to anything that you're, you're hiding in the cellar. I know the guides speak about the future of humanity. What, what, what do they say about humanity's future? Well, that we're going to make it. They say that we're going to make okay. it. I mean, they do say we can choose to continue to learn through war until there's nobody left to fight if we want to, but we don't have to. And they say they don't believe it comes to that. They don't see us going down that route because we're becoming too aware of the folly and the horror that is war. You know, they say there's really been one war fought since we've been throwing rocks at each other when we were in the caves. You know, we, there's been one war. It just takes different forms under different names at different times. And it's all, all, all in agreement to what they say is our only real problem as a species, which they say is the denial of the inherent divine. The disconnection with self. Disconnection, exactly, which we do through the denial of it, which God can't be here. God can't be there. God can't be in the situation. God can't be in that horrible human being and those horrible human beings, these people that do those terrible things. And we have schism, 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 schism. And we continue on that route. And then we can pat ourselves in the back for being so terrific in spite of those people. And that doesn't get us much of anywhere either. So when the guides teach they talk about the divine self or the God within reclaiming what it encounters in a higher level of alignment or vibrational accord. And that includes the things we would like to see swept back under the rug. But they said in the very first book, which was dictated through me in 2009 now, they said humanity is at a time of reckoning and a reckoning is a facing of oneself and all of one's creations. And everything that's been created in fear is going to need to be reclaimed or reseen in a higher way. And that seems to be what we're going through now. And some of it's the, the hard part about looking at how we're participatory to the very things we say we don't want to see. You know, the guides say, you know, we tend to think of manifestation as what we get. I manifested this great apartment, this great relationship manifest, you know, as if it's a thing that we get. And what they say we're missing is that everything you see, high, low, and in between, you or all of us are in vibrational accordance with. You know, if I can see the war, my consciousness is aligning to it. How I'm reinforcing the thing that I see supports the matter or the expression of the thing. So the guides say, you know, what you put in darkness calls you to, calls you to the darkness. It's really very, very simple. And they say what a blessing is, it's not a platitude, a blessing is the realization, which is the knowing of the inherent divine where it has been denied. Mm. And that that's what actually alters the structure. So we're all party to this. And that's the good news is we're all in it together. And consequently, we can re-see or reclaim or re-decide about how we wish to attend to anything, including you know ourselves and our neighbors and those people that we don't want to have dinner with, you know. <laughs> it's and it, 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 it's almost like that conscious awareness that our consciousness creates our reality and, and what we see around mm -hmm. us or experience yeah. is, a, as you said, in vibrational accord. Yeah, but I think, you know, people, and, and, and I don't know, this is my guides talk about collective agreements. And, you know, I don't read other channels. I've read, I think I read half of a Seth book when I was a graduate student mm -hmm. before I was in the I've case. read Seth, yeah. 
And I thought it was remarkable, but I didn't finish the book, but I think it had a big, big impact on me. Um, But I really don't watch or listen to other people. And it's not because I'm not interested. It's mostly because I just try to keep this clean or whatever's coming through and not informed by other stuff. Uh, People are getting different things. But my guides say it's, you know, when they talked about collective agreement and manifestation, I said, so are you saying that if there's a book on a table in Paris, I'm in vibrational accord with the book? And they said, yes, the moment you know that there's a book on a table in Paris, you are because you're holding it in your consciousness and you're informing it. And so we tend to think sometimes in the spiritual community that it's all about us. And why did I create this? And why did I create this? And I say sometimes, well, if you're living in a city or town where the well water is polluted by toxic dumping, um, did you create that? Well, you're participatory to being in a world where such things are allowed. At that level, it doesn't mean that your five-year-old who gets sick from drinking the water, you know, did something to bring it about himself. You know, we have collective agreement, and I do want to say collective responsibility to others and the well-being of others, whether or not we agree with them or not. Yes. Uh, Manifestation is such a a big topic nowadays. What do the guides Mm -hmm. say about manifestation, Mm -hmm. about creating the life that we desire? Well, the first thing they say is we're always getting what we expect, Mm -hmm. like it or not. You know, whatever your life is right now is what you're in accord with. So they don't talk as much about getting stuff as others might. They do talk about moving into a place of receptivity with an awareness that your real needs will be met. And that doesn't mean that if you need firewood, you don't might not have to go out and chop down a tree for the winter. I mean, we're still responsible for what we have to do. It's not like, well, God's going to pay my rent, so I'm not going to get a job. You know, people do go down those roads and learn some hard lessons that way. But um, they say they lift they lift their students or they have a teaching where they teach us to lift to what they call the upper room, which they say is the level of vibration that is above what they call the common field, which is the reality that we have been entrained in. And they say the upper room exists concurrently with the reality that we know, but it is not dense through fear. So the energy of fear does not express at that level of tone or consciousness, it can't. And they say, when you go to that level, you begin to move into alignment or agreement to source or God as source, which is different. So they say, it's not about grabbing things or trying to rush to the front of the line to get there first because somebody else might get there. It's about moving to a level of of awareness where you can become receptive to what is your good or what your requirements are for being. So it's got a little less to do with outlining and putting things up on the wall that you're gonna focus on and say, I'm gonna get this next. I mean, I suppose, and and, you know, I think that I've had good experiences with that kind of thing. And I think those things can work. The challenge with manifesting at that level for most of us is that we are mostly asking for what we think we're supposed to have through an indoctrination of what one is supposed to want. I should be 
great looking and have abs and I should, you know, have a perfect partner and I, my kids should be doing great in school and go to the right school after that. I should, 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 based on what? I am in no way, shape or form living the life that anybody expected me to live. And I will say, I think it's a whole lot better than the one I would have chosen for myself from that old list. But, you know, it's funny. I live in the jungle on Maui now, in a beautiful place. And I remember 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I used to, somebody gave me this computer game where you got to, you know, have little avatars of yourself and build your little houses and put the avatars in. I actually basically built the house that I'm living in now, like 15 years ago. That's amazing. On a computer <laughs> screen. Yeah. It's, I mean, how did that happen? But you know what? It's I loved it then. And I guess it's what I was brought to here. You know, it was, I'm not the first tenant. Somebody else built the place. But it was where I belonged. You know, I would have put myself someplace very different. You know, I don't even drive. What the hell am I doing in the rainforest? But... <laughs> You know, well, your background working. looks beautiful with all the palm trees. Oh, it's very pretty here. It really is very pretty. Thank you. Um, it's interesting when just, just I'll just touch on it briefly, talking about manifestation. As you said, the upper room, it holds no fear. Often we yeah. can uh, desire to manifest for a place of, of, of fear-based, not a love-based. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Well, the guides have said the personality self knows itself through history. And so we're basically taught to aspire to what we think we should have. And it's part of the reason that people, I think, are busy trying to get stuff and they're thinking of the universe as a catalog that they get to order from. And I think that that's a stage of learning. I think that that can be useful to learn, really. You know, I learned abundance when I was next to homeless really in my you know late 20s and it was a very 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 hard time but i learned a whole lot through it and that wasn't done through i'm going to manifest this or that it was done through learning responsibility and showing up for the work that was before me and also trusting source really which is what i had to do i had nothing else to trust in to support me in having a roof over my head and food on the table and I really didn't lack in those years. When I look back on how poor I was, I'm horrified. You know, people don't live like that. You don't live with 45 cents to your name in New York City, but there were periods where I did. And I learned, you know, so I, we're always manifesting. We all hold these little frames of this is who I am and this is my world and people are awful or people are wonderful or the universe is on my side or nothing ever works out for me. And we're always filling that frame with what we expect to be there. So I, th I suspect if we stop looking at the stuff to solve our problems and we start looking at the part of us that's wanting our needs met in very specific ways to reinforce a paradigm of I'm only as good as the house I live in, the job I have, the school I went to, you know, and I've done all those things, really. I, you know, I had a master's from Yale and I was nearly, you know, unable to do anything for myself, you know, at a certain time in my life. So I don't know if I'm answering anything, but we're always manifesting because we're always in vibrational resonance and that that resonance is in accord and they say A-C-C-O-R-D or A-C-H-O-R-D is on a piano with what we experience and we do this individually and collectively for example the guides have said we have been at war for so very very long that we expect war and as long as we're expecting war we're going to keep having them 
That's it. You know, we have to move to a level of vibration or consciousness where that's no longer a possibility. And we don't have it anymore. Yeah. Um, just talking about the guides and, and, and source. Mm -hmm. Many people feel alone or isolated, but really what you're talking about is there is always the non-physical beings around us. Mm -hmm. We are really yeah. never alone. I believe that. I really do believe that I've been given a fair amount of evidence. You know, the guides are always there. Are they solving all my problems? No. Do they care if I ever get a life partner? I don't know. I haven't seen the evidence <laughs> of it yet. Maybe they do. But maybe my aunt on the other side, you know, or my mother who's there now, maybe they have some, some help. But I really, when I look back at my life, and I've been thinking about this recently, you know, grace has really been present even at the times when I thought it could never have been, I look back and I go, wow, boy, were you protected or boy, were you shielded or boy, that could have been so much worse than it was. And I learned through all those things and they gave me, I think, if nothing else, a depth of compassion for others who might be going through their own pain. Um, and it also offered me enough chops that, you know, I don't think I'm going to get knocked over by a slight wind anymore. It could happen. I still get worried, but I'm no longer as, as terrified as I once was. Gosh, I can hear those beautiful birds in your jungle behind. <laughs> There's actually a big rainbow out the other side of the window. I wish I'd have to turn the computer around oh, for you to see beautiful. it, but it's quite astonishing. It's huge, 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 huge window. Here, let me see if I can do this. If sure. I disconnect, you can have to forgive me, but I don't know if you'll see it. It's quite the, the pretty view out there, but can you see the rainbow? Oh, yes. It's nice? magical. It is magical. That's for our interview. There you go. Oh, that's magical. Yeah. Yes. That was beautiful. Thank you for that. I'll just, I've just got a few more questions. I won't keep you for too much longer. I know you've got up early for me. Um, many people are afraid of death. What do the guides say about when we transition from our physical body? What happens? Well, I think we go to another level of, of vibration. That's all. I think it's, uh, I think the piece of paper that's been in one envelope is released from that envelope and has another experience. You know, my mother died just a couple of months ago. And I have a lot of friends who are, are good mediums. So I've been getting the updates on her from everybody. Oh, your mom's really having a great day today. You know, and it's like, and I actually trust it. Um, I do. And so I don't think that this is the end. I think it's, I think this life is a, is a chapter in a much, much larger book, you know, and all these chapters may be being written and experienced in simultaneity for all I know. I don't know how much linearity there necessarily really is here, but I just think we go to another level of vibration. That's all. That's it. Still learning, still are still ourselves in a way, but possibly without the attachment to the personality level that we've, we've been entrained in. Yeah. Thank you. Two more questions. The book mm -hmm. of innocence for those that haven't read it, I encourage you to, get it it's fantastic do you mind just sharing pieces a few pieces of about about it for the audience 
The Book of Innocence speaks to the aspect of ourselves that they say is seeking to reclaim us that is in the eternal now operating in the present moment and is not tainted. And I think that's an interesting word, corrupted by a kind of equivalency or agreement that is born through our rough experiences on this plane. In other words, the part of us that is, and the guides talk about the idea of sin in this book, which really surprised me because they don't talk much about it, but sin basically being the denial of the divine, nothing, well, not a terrible thing that you do, you know, but those ideas are basically expressions of where we say, well, there's not enough, so I'm going to have to steal it, you know, um, or I'm, you know, whatever, I'm going to have to, you know, fight to get my way. So this part of us is seeking realization through us. And they actually talk in this book a lot about how memory, all of our memories are informed by the false belief that we're separate from source. Every memory we have individually, and for the most part, the collective mind as well is informed by that. So basically everything that we're seeing is got a bad lens in the glasses and the spectacles. And they're actually restoring us beyond that distortion. So it's a reclamation of memory or the idea that God could not be through our past experience shared and individually. And that's quite something. Um, but it's, a, it, you know, they're, 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 all of the books are about reclaiming who we truly are in the stages of that. And they're really beginning to talk a lot now about how this work impacts the structures of reality that are shared, how consciousness informs the manifest world and how that can be altered through the aspect of us that is an innocence and is not holding the bias of what things are supposed to be through all prescription. Just what we've talked about. Absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. Gosh, Paul, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Do the guides, maybe it's too early, do the guides have any messages for the Passion Harvest audience on a final note? We would like to say two things. Decide that you're worthy of what you receive. Decide that you are worthy of what you receive. You're always worthy of it. You're always worthy of it because we have because it's what you have and what you're, and what you are in accord with and you require more. And if you require more, a different experience or a different experience, please invite it. Please invite it. I'm allowed to know myself in a different way. I am allowed to know myself in a different way. I am allowed to choose differently and expect the best and expect the best. I'm allowed to do this. I am allowed to do this because why would not I be? Because why would not I be? Period. That one or two? That was two. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Paul Selling. Wonderful again to have you on the show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you. Bye. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe.